Boards Out Book Review, a podcast where I review female-authored fictional books chapter by chapter, talk about the characters, discuss the plot, and tell my theories on what's going to happen. So, get your theory boards out, let's review some books. Hey yo, welcome to the first episode of Boards Out Book Review. I'm your host, JC. On today's episode, I'm going to talk a little about what I hope to do with this podcast, why female authors, and get started on our first book. So, what I hope to do with this podcast? Full disclosure, I have a super stressful job, and I was looking for something that would help me take my mind off of work. And I love books. I get super into the characters. I love talking about them. I I get super into the plot. So I thought, why not make a podcast where I discuss books with other people? I plan to discuss a few chapters an episode, and when I finish a book, I plan on having a guest on, and we can talk about our overall thoughts of the books and where we think the next book in the series will go if, if it is a series that we're reading. Next, why female authors? This is a very simple answer. I support women on this podcast. I have nothing against male authors. I just prefer the writing style of women, and I want to highlight female authors on this podcast. Now, with all that being said, let's get into our first book. The first book that we'll be reading on this podcast is Crescent City, House of Earth and Blood by Sarah J. Moss. I picked this book because Sarah J. Moss is my favorite author. I knew I wanted to start with her. I will say that I have read this book before. Actually, in the past year of the pandemic, I've read this book three or four times. I've also read the Throne of Glass series multiple times and the Court of Thorns and Roses series multiple times. I'm absolutely positive that we will review both of those series at some point on this podcast, but for now, let's start with Crescent City. Let me say this here, that this podcast contains potential spoilers if you have not read the chapters that we are going to discuss. In today's episode, we're discussing chapters 1 and 2. We start out learning about the four houses of Midgard and who belongs to them. We have House of Earth and Blood, House of Sky and Breath, House of Many Waters, and House of Flame and Shadow. Right off the bat, I'm like, whoa, we are about to see a lot of characters because each house contains a number of different types of characters. We have humans, fae, myrrh, reapers, shifters, vampires, the list goes on and on, right? And I really enjoy that. I'm really excited for that, that there's such a mix of different types of characters. So that already piques my interest right from the very beginning. Okay, let's talk about the characters. First, we're going to start off with Bryce Quinlan. Bryce is going to be our main character. Some facts about Bryce are that she works at Griffin Antiquities. Bryce is half fae, half human. Bryce has red hair and pointed fae ears. She also has freckles. Bryce is a dancer. She also hails from Nadaros. Another fact about Bryce is that she always wears what's called an Arcesian amulet for protection. This is a necklace that looks like a knot of three entwined circles. The necklace was a gift from her boss, Jessica, on her first day of work. 
And another thing about Bryce is that she has a half-brother named Rune, who is a full fae. Next, we're going to talk about Danica Fendir. Danica is a wolf. She is the alpha wolf of a wolf pack called the Pack of Devils. She has silvery blonde hair with streaks of color in it. Danica always wears a leather jacket and a famous sword that the prime of the Valbaran wolves, who's her grandfather, gave to her on her 18th birthday. Okay, I feel like we really learn a lot about Danica in these first two chapters, so I'm going to go a little further into Danica and her backstory here. So, as I said before, Danica's grandfather is the prime of the Valbaran wolves. Her mother's name is Sabine, and Sabine is the prime apparent, meaning that she is the heir, and, Dan <laughs> Excuse me, and Danica is next in line. Sabine, her mother, is also the Alpha of the Scythe Moon Pack and the chief among the shifter units at the city's auxiliary. They talk a lot about the city auxiliary, and what it sounds like to me is that is this world's version of the police. Um, so her mother is the chief of a unit on the police. Danica also doesn't know who her father is. Her mother would never tell her. Something we find out is that Danica's mother is very cruel. And it almost sounds to me like Sabine is jealous of her daughter. Um, Danica is somewhat famous for being the leader of the Pack of Devils. And we'll talk more about the Pack of Devils in a minute. Danica is expected to gain a lot of power when she makes the drop, and we'll also talk about the drop in just a few minutes. But when she makes the drop, she's expected to gain all of this power, more power than her mother has, enough power actually to become the alpha of all wolves on the planet. So Sabine has always been cruel, and it has just gotten worse as Danica has gotten older as I said, the prime of the wolves gave Danica that famous sword on her 18th birthday saying that the sword just called to her, so he gave it to her. Well, this sword had been promised to Sabine for years and years, right? So Danica gets this sword, and you can imagine if Sabine is already cruel and then Danica gets this famous sword that was promised to her, she is just going to get worse and worse than she already was. Okay, so let's talk about the Pack of Devils now. The Pack of Devils is the pack that Danica is the alpha of. They are the top shifter unit in the Crescent City Auxiliary, so they are another patrol unit um, in this world's police force. And what they do is they patrol the old square. That's, that's their area that they work. Now, I'm not really sure at this point how many people are in the Pack of Devils. How many wolves, I should say, are in the Pack of Devils. But we do know three. We know Danica is the leader. She's the alpha. Then we also know that Connor Holstrom is the second and the third's name is Natalie. I'm sure we'll learn about the rest of the Pack of Devils and more details about Connor and Natalie as we progress in the series. Next, let's talk about Jessaba Roga. Jessaba is Bryce's boss at Griffin Antiquities. 
She's said to be a 400-year-old enchantress born witch that defected from her house to join the House of Flame and Shadow. Uh, they mention that Jesba only answers to the Underking. And just a side note about Jesba is that she likes to threaten to turn people into animals. So I feel like that's going to come into play at some point, but we'll see. Two other characters that we learn about are Lahaba and Syrinx. Lahaba is a fire sprite that works at Griffin Antiquities with Bryce, and Lahaba's job is to guard the books. Now, Syrinx is a chimera, which at this point I have no idea what that is, but Syrinx is said to be a chimera who's also supposed to be guarding the books at Griffin Antiquities. Next, we learn about Ember Quinlan, who is Bryce's mother, and her stepfather, Randall, who Bryce mentions that Randall is her real father to her. He, he technically is her stepfather, but to her, she considers him her real father. And so what we learn about Ember is that she is super overprotective. She loves her daughter dearly and is... You know, just one of those mothers that's super overprotective, wants to know where, what's going on, where where you're going to be, even when you're older. You know, uh, we've, we've all come in contact with that type of parent. Um, and in being super overprotective, she also loves to try and guilt trip Bryce. And we all know parents like that as well. A few other characters that are mentioned in these first two chapters are... Ethan Holstrom, who is said to be Connor's younger brother, who plays Sunball. We also learn about Fury Axtar and Juniper. Fury and Juniper are Danica and Bryce's friends from college. Now, they say that Fury is an assassin that was just on a mission when they met her in college, like the college was a front. And... What we learn about Juniper is that Juniper is a dancer and she is also a fawn. Okay, so now we also learn about the seven heads of the city. First, there's Micah Domitus, who is an archangel of Crescent City and the head of the Central Business District. Micah is said to be the top head of the city and then the six other heads are below him. So the six other heads of the city are the Prime of the Wolves of Moonwood, the Fae Autumn King in Five Roses, the Under King of the Bone Quarter, the Viper Queen of the Meat Market, the Oracle of the Old Square, and finally, the River Queen from the House of Many Waters and the Blue Court under the Istros River. The humans of Asphodel Meadows have no head. So, as I said, Micah's considered the top head. He is like the governor of the city. He has his own personal army. They're called the 33rd Legion. He also has his own personal assassin called the Umbra Mortis, who is said to have the gift of lightning in his veins. So, while some people have personal assistants, Micah's got a personal assassin, okay? So, Micah only answers to the Asteri. So let's talk about the Asteri. The Asteri are said to rule the planet of Midgard. 
They rule from their eternal city, which is the capital of Pangera. There are six Asteri. There used to be seven, but one died. And this, this is just the way my brain works. When I think of the Asteri, and I don't know why, it's so dumb. But when I think of the Asteri, I think of when... In Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, when they go to the utopian society in the future and they see all those, all the people um, up on the, oh, what is it on? They're, they're up above on like a pedestal and playing their guitars and stuff. And that's, that's how I picture the Asteri. I don't know why. Like I said, it's so dumb, but that is where my brain goes with it. So next I want to talk about Philip Briggs and what we learn about Philip Briggs is that he's a criminal that Danica and the Pack of Devils busted in a bomb lab. Um, they found his blueprints where he was trying to blow up a popular nightclub in the city that was called the White Raven. And so he was trying to blow up this, this nightclub because Briggs is trying to trigger a war between the Vanier and the humans and he wants it to be like a war that is across the seas going on between the humans and the Vanier. And when I say Vanier, Vanier is a term that is for, it encompasses everyone that is not human or just a regular animal. So everyone that has magic or some sort of power in them, meaning the fae, the angels, the vampires, everything. So he's trying to trigger this war because he wants the humans to overthrow those that oppress him, meaning the Vaniers and the Asteri. So they had busted him. So the Pack of Devils had busted Philip Briggs. And what we learned at the very beginning is Danica comes in to where... Bryce is working, she's talking with Bryce, and and one thing that you see right off the bat is, like, you can immediately tell that they're best friends because of the way they talk to each other. I, To me, it's very similar to the way me and my best friend talk to each other, um, so I can get that, that closeness right off the bat, right? Um, they're just two young women in their 20s, living their best lives, going out, partying, they live together, they they do everything together, they have matching tattoos. Me and my best friend are not in our 20s, but uh, we're very close and, and we have matching tattoos as well. So I, I get that relationship right off the bat. So that being said, Danica comes in, she's talking with Bryce and she tells Bryce, Philip Briggs is getting out of prison today which is this huge deal because he's this big criminal and they can't believe that he's going to get out on some technicality. So Danica says she has to go to a meeting with the city heads and she's going to voice how upset she is that they're letting Philip Briggs out and that this is just not okay with her. Okay, so Danica gets changed. Bryce decides she's going to go with her as she walks down to this committee meeting. But also, Bryce has something else she's needing to do. Her boss, Jespa, has sent her on this mission to find Luna's horn that was stolen out of Luna's temple a week before. 
and Jespa wants it. The horn is said to be an ancient fey relic. It is supposed to be heavily guarded, and so it was this big deal that this horn was stolen during a blackout that they had a week prior. So they're walking down in the old square. Bryce tells Danica, hey, I'm going to go look for this horn. Danica says, ah, do you really think that you're going to find it? Don't you think you should just kind of placate Jessica for a while? And then, you know, in a week or two, she'll move on to something else. Um, the people who stole this, this has to be, you know, really high up important people if they stole this because it's so heavily guarded. Yeah, da, 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 da. Bryce says, yeah, I know, but... You know, this would be really good for my career if I could find it. So that's her goal. She really wants to find this for Jessica. So they're walking down in the square, chatting. Bryce's mother calls. And as I said, she's the, the master of the guilt trip. So she she's wanting to come visit Bryce. And Bryce is trying to, you know, put her off. She doesn't want her parents coming to visit if Philip Briggs is out. And she asked Danica, you know, do you think if Philip Briggs does get out, do you think that he's going to come after you or anyone in the pack of devils? And Danica basically tells her, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, so they're walking. Okay, so Danica gets changed. Bryce decides she's going to go with her as she walks down to this committee meeting. But... Also, Bryce has something else she's needing to do. Her boss, Jessica, has sent her on this mission to find Luna's horn that was stolen out of Luna's temple a week before. And Jessica wants it. The horn is said to be an ancient fey relic. It is supposed to be heavily guarded. And so it was this big deal that this horn was stolen during a blackout that they had a week prior. So they're walking down in the old square. Bryce tells Danica, hey, I'm going to go look for this horn. Danica says, ah, do you really think that you're going to find it? Don't you think you should just kind of placate Jessica for a while? And then, you know, in a week or two, she'll move on to something else. Um, the people who stole this, this has to be, you know, really high up important people if they stole this because it's so heavily guarded. Yeah, da, 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 da. Bryce says, yeah, I know, but, you know, this would be really good for my career if I could find it. So that's her goal. She really wants to find this for Jessica. So they're walking down in the square, chatting. Bryce's mother calls and... As I said, she's the, the master of the guilt trip. So she she's wanting to come visit Bryce and Bryce is trying to, you know, put her off. She doesn't want her parents coming to visit if Philip Briggs is out. And she asked Danica, you know, do you think if Philip Briggs does get out, do you think that he's going to come after you or anyone in the pack of devils? And Danica basically tells her, um, you know, I don't know, uh, so as they're walking down in the old square, they come up to the gate at the heart of the old square. And if you have the book version of this book, as opposed to just listening to the audio version, there is a map at the beginning of the book that is for the city of 
Lunathian that is also called Crescent City. And you can see where all these gates are. They talk about there's seven seven gates in the city. And the one in the center is called the Heart Gate. Because obviously it's in the center where the heart would be. And the other gates open to roads that go outside the city. And so you find out that these gates years before had been communication devices where guards would be on patrol there, guarding, obviously. So you find out that these gates used to be communication devices where you would go, you could put your hand on this gate, and there, there's a little disc that you could put your hand on and a plate that has all the different symbols of the different parts of the city. So you have a symbol for the old square, you have a symbol for the bone quarter, the meat market, etc., etc., right? So you would go and you could put your hand on this metal disc on the gate and say something and it is broadcast kind of like a walkie-talkie right so it's broadcast to all of the other gates and when you would say something the symbol for wherever you're at like if if we're at the heart gate at the old square that symbol for the old square lights up on all the other gates so they know that's where the person was talking so we learn about that and Bryce and Danica go up to the gate. They decide they're going to make a wish because in present years, the gates have kind of gone into like a lot of folklore and superstition. And so now it is said that if you touch the gate and you say a wish, you know, it'll, it, your wish will come true, you know, like a, like a wishing well that you throw a penny in. Right. So you can go touch the disc, make a wish. And what it costs you though, is a zap of power out of you. So they decide they're going to go make a wish just, you know, to be fun. This is like a tourist attraction thing now. And they usually being young, 20 year old women that love to go out and party, they usually just, you know, shout out their wishes into the ether as they walk past. Um, But they decide to go up to the gate for real and make a wish. And Bryce is like, we don't have time for this. What are we doing, Danica? And Danica's like, no, we got time. It's fine. And so Danica wishes that Ethan will win his sunball game that day. And Bryce, being the annoying best friend, wishes that... Danica will get a makeover because her nails look like shit. And one more thing I want to say about the gate is they say that there is a plaque above all of the gates in the city that says the power shall always belong to those who give their lives to the city. And to me, uh, that really reminds me of, you know, in Harry Potter when Dumbledore says... Help will always be given at Hogwarts to those who ask. It's very similar to me in that way of a, a saying like that. So they mention it there. I feel like they mention it for a reason. Now let's talk about the drop. Okay, so the drop is something that Vayner do. It isn't something for humans because the drop is for people with power. So the drop is 
a drop into your power. It doesn't grant you full immortality or, or anything. It slows the aging process and makes it where you could live for centuries. So how the drop happens is you are anchored to someone here on the planet with you. Um, and the drop is a drop into your power, like I said. So it's a drop to the bottom of your soul. And then you race back up to life before the lack of oxygen kills you. So Bryce and Danica are planning to make the drop when they turn 27 together. And they're going to have people from the Pack of Devils. I keep saying people, but you know, I mean wolves. They're going to have wolves from the Pack of Devils be their anchors to bring them back up to life. And when you drop into your power, it's said that because Bryce is half fae, half human, Bryce won't get very much power. She'll she'll get a tiny bit, whereas Danica is expected to gain a lot of power. Danica has the potential to become the alpha wolf of all the wolves on the planet. I may have said that already, but Danica is just expected to have all this power. They've thought so since she was a um, young wolf uh, doing all these tests to see where you're going to land whenever you do the drop. And so she's expected to be a super powerful wolf in the future. So as I said, the girls go, they make their wish. Bryce says, okay, I'm going to head off to look for Luna's horn. And Danica says, I'm going to head off to go to this committee meeting and we'll meet back up later. So that's pretty much the end of the two chapters. And I know we spent all of this time talking about the characters. And I feel like we spend most of the time talking about Danica because I feel like we learned a lot about Danica. And so where I'm at at the end of these two chapters is I'm, I'm loving the relationship between Danica and Bryce already. They seem very much like soul sisters, you know. And of the other people, I already can't stand Sabine. Danica's mother. I have no time for mothers that are cruel to their children or anyone that's cruel to their children for that matter. Um, so I already don't like her. Um, as for Jezeba, Jezeba seems very interesting to me. I don't know if at this point she's going to be someone that we like or someone that we hate or what. She just seems very mysterious to me right now because she's almost seems kind of scary with um the things that you hear about her and so at this point if I have my theory board out what I have on it would be all of these characters that we met in the first two chapters I feel like they're all going to play important roles even the little syrinx and uh lahaba um, so I've got all of them on my theory board. I've got, I've got Danica and Bryce tied to each other because they seem so close and I don't know what to expect else. Um, I'm kind of worried about this Philip Briggs guy, but we will see as we continue on through the next few chapters and the book as a whole. So this is all I've got for today. 
If you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. I hope that you tune in again next time when we discuss a few more chapters and we can get further into the plot and see what is going to happen with this book. I'm super excited to reread this book with you and I hope that you'll come back for the next episode. Again, thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a rating and leave a comment on whatever podcast app that you use to listen to podcast. Um, Please be kind to each other out there and please be kind to yourself. Um, As I said in the beginning, this podcast is something fun for me to do so that I'm not so stressed with work all the time. So I hope that if you are in the same boat, that you find something that helps you be not so stressed with work as well. Thank y'all so much. And I will see you on the next episode. Bye.